Blog Talk Radio. Conversation. It is area code 914-803-4131, 914-803-4131. We are not just live on Blog Talk Radio today. We are also live streaming to YouTube. So not only can you, if you're listening live on Blog Talk Radio, you can leave your comments in the Blog Talk Radio chat room. Go to blogtalkradio.com slash liberal band. Sign, sign up for your free blogtalkradio.com account. Go to the episode page. Go to the bottom of the page, and you'll see where the chat room is. And there's that one way. But now the other way, the second way, is if you go to uh, youtube.com slash liberalbandradio, you can go to see my current live stream that's going on right now, and you go to the live chat, and you can leave your questions and comments there as well. So we're trying it out. We're seeing it. I'm getting an error on the part of YouTube, unfortunately. Uh, it seems to say that there's some, uh, they're not getting a, a keyframe frequency or whatever, but I don't know. So we're, we're, we are trying to get this established. Apparently my stream status is poor, but I don't know. It is, what, what, what is it? Where is it again? Wait, right, there it goes. What, what was it, Donald? It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Um, oh, there's that. So this might be a work in progress if this week's YouTube settings uh, don't work properly. Maybe I'll try it again next week. I had just changed my YouTube channel and settings to see to match kind of what it's supposed to look like. Maybe, but it, it's potentially an error. I don't know. I can't say for certain if this is actually sounding good or not. It's looking fine. I don't see, see that my video doesn't look that bad, but I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. So if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always uh, leave your comments, questions, concerns, et cetera, over on the show thread at liberalband.com, facebook.com slash liberalband, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Uh, we got a whole bunch of stuff to go in today, but we have this week's headlines. Louisiana held its first ever veto override session this week in order to try and override Governor Edwards' veto of several bills passed by the legislature. Included in these vetoes was the bill to ban trans athletes from women's sports. The Senate approved of the override, but the Louisiana House failed to get it done. How many people were they short by? They were too short. I wish it was a little bit taller. I wish it was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Sorry about that. In insurrection news, House Minority Leader Mitt McCarthy appointed five members to the 1-6 Select Committee. This group included Jim Jordan and Jim Banks. Speaker Pelosi yeeted those two from the committee because why would you want insurrectionist supporters on a committee investigating the insurrection? McCarthy is threatening to pull out. If only more Republicans pulled out, we would be in a much better place in this country. Speaking of House Republicans... This week's Hypocrite of the Week is Steve Scalise for claiming that President Biden and Vice President Harris cast doubt about the vaccines. The Democrats did say that they would be hesitant only if Donald Trump said it was safe, but also said they'd take it if Dr. Fauci approved. They trusted science, not the inject bleach guy. Meanwhile, despite former President Trump getting the vaccine, Scalise waited till this week to roll his sleeves up. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in to Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. And there you go. For the first people hearing it, actually, you can hear Hypocrite. I've been uploading the Hypocrites of the Week recently, uh, so you can hear it live now on, on YouTube. Uh, but you can also uh, watch it when it gets uploaded on YouTube as well later. But here's the thing. If you become a Liberal Band Radio Patreon, you can hear that early and potentially other bits too uh, when I get them done early. So there you go. we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, Steve Scalise is starting his regimen of vaccines, 
Uh, he's taking the Pfizer vaccine, if I recall correctly. But an Alabama doctor is warning people to stop procrastinating. She shared a video describing patients about to be intubated who realized, well, maybe I should have gotten the vaccine. And they said, well, can I please get one now? And she had to tell them that it was too late. And then later tell their loved ones that the best way to honor their deaths, vaccinate themselves and to encourage others to do the same. In other politics news, Sean King, or as some on Black Twitter call him, Talcum X, has deactivated his social media accounts. Sean King once blocked me for calling out his hypocrisy. You should look up the other nicknames that Black Twitter has come up for him. They are amazing. In sports news, the Olympics is still on, despite more athletes testing positive for COVID. Though there are reports that the games could still be canceled, it's more likely that with the Delta variant coming around, it will just be another super spreader. Finally, Elon Musk joined billionaire, the billionaire astronaut club this week, riding into space on a giant phallic-looking ship. It literally looked like it belonged to Dr. Evil. Instead of ending poverty, he decided to fly into space for three minutes. There are no good billionaires. And that was this week's headlines. So, wanted to talk about these, those last two things a little bit more before uh, we talk about the main subject of the show, which is whether or not COVID is contributing to the labor shortage or not, because uh, there's some interesting things there. Um, but have, has anybody, have you played Plague, Inc.? Have you played the game called Plague, Inc.? It's a game that you can play on your Android, on your iPhone, um, and it basically involves you playing the part of a virus, and you try and spread and mutate yourself and, and infect all of humanity and then kill them before it gets too late. Now, like on easier settings, humanity really doesn't care all that much, like probably right now. I think right now COVID is dealing with the easy setting of Plague, Inc. Uh, people might have to be, you know, told to wash their hands. People might not take the virus seriously enough. In the game, when you play it, you have the situation where um, if you start becoming too deadly too quickly, people start noticing you more quickly and then start they start fighting you more quickly. So it's harder to spread and harder to kill everybody off before you uh, – harder to kill everybody off before you uh, – you're able to, before the humanity is able to find a cure for the disease that it's spreading. Now, it's not always a virus. Sometimes it's bacteria. Sometimes it's something else. But one time it's like the vamp, you're turning everybody into vampires and seeing if you can just kill the world with the vampire strain or whatever. Um, lots of different examples of what you could do as a virus in Plague Inc. But the point is, is that one of the things that you should know when you play Plague Inc. is you look forward to them holding the Olympics because you hold the Olympics and then the virus just starts spreading like crazy. Why? Because holding an Olympics in the middle of a pandemic is a dumb idea. And that's why they postponed the Olympics from last year because this year is the 2020 Olympics, even though it's 2021. The Delta variant's around. And instead of just saying, hey, you know what, we're going to, maybe postpone it another year to make sure that we can er help eradicate this pandemic before it spreads too far. No, we're just going to have the Olympics unless Japan finally just goes, you know what, this is too dangerous. You're not welcome in this country. Stop it. Go home. And there are people in Japan who are currently protesting who don't want to see the Olympics there because of the threat. There are also people probably in Japan who don't want to see the Olympics there because of how holding an Olympics is normally seen as being good for an economy, but some, is it, sometimes it's really not. And sometimes you have all these great big buildings that you put up there uh, for uh, everybody to uh, for everybody uh, to see and participate with with the Olympics that then go into disrepair and non-repair and get you know blighted because nobody is taking care of them. So that there's there's a catch-22 when it comes to the Olympics and so it makes it much, much uh, more of a difficult situation. Apparently, I think Brisbane, Australia, just got the 2032 Summer Olympics and apparently was the only one who was trying for it. I'm like, that, that should probably tell you that many places are thinking to themselves, you know, the cost of holding an Olympic Games is just much too big uh, in the overall sense. 
We do have in the blogtalkradio.com chat, we do have uh, daily, daily news. Daily news. <laughs> nice. Um, is this also bringing a boy? Is this, is this your wife's account? I'm just wondering. Because um, bringing a boy is one of our regular conservative listeners over on blogtalkradio.com. And if you haven't heard daily news, uh, we're also live streaming this on YouTube. So you can either watch it. It is, it is bringing a boy. There you go. Um, so we are also watching this on YouTube. So don't put anything in the chat that you don't want seen on YouTube because the chat is currently going to YouTube as well. Uh, and, you'll be, and everybody can read what you write. Let's see. Hey, Dana, boy, let's, you have something. Let's stop living and let this pandemic take over. Good point. No more fun. I managed to find ways to have fun during the middle of the pandemic. I mean, I just had to do it at home. I mean, partially it was because of the fact that we got a pool. So, so the fact that I was able to, you know, me and my kids could enjoy the pool and go swimming uh, daily at that point. Now, I'm sure, I understand not everybody's able to go get a pool. Um, however, you know, I found, you know, board games that I would normally play in person, I found ways to play them online. Um, lots of different things you could do in a home, lots of different ways, you know, you could pick up hobbies, you could make a YouTube channel, like I was trying to do during the middle of the pandemic. There's, there's lots of different things that you could do in a pandemic, uh, and, and to say that you don't have to stop living, uh, but doing things like, you know, having big sporting events, and well, there's a, you can, it's not even going to be the same thing like previous Olympics because they've banned people from watching them. So you're going to hear like the empty natatorium when you have the swimming event. You're not going to hear people cheering on the, the people swimming, you know, breaking records if they do. It's just going to be the swimmers and the coaches. And the camera crew. That's it. That's all it's going to be. See, hope all is well. I hope all is well as you as well, Bringing Boy. I haven't seen you for the last few weeks. Of course, one of those weeks I didn't have the podcast because, well, it was my anniversary. So we had the big one four. And the reason I say the big one four is because we were married on 777. So seven and seven is 14. So the 14th anniversary is one of our big ones. Uh, the 21st is good. The wedding anniversary is probably going to be the really, really big one, so if my wife can stand me for any, for, for that long. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Uh, let's see. It's 8, 8, 12. Let's go ahead and take our first commercial break. Uh, we will uh, come back and take your calls as well. Area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Testing. Testing. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out Budgeteers.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But Budgeteers is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out Budgeteers.com or go to YouTube.com slash Budgeteers and help make your trip the best it can be. Budgeteers.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the liberal band radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. 
To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mmm, yeah. If you enjoy Liberal Day and Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Hey there, podcast listeners. This is Demonox, host of The World According to Knox. It's time for Season 2, where I take you on another trip through my world. The world of movies, video games, pop culture, and more. Relate them to the world around you. Don't forget to leave a question for Marscat, and find me on Twitter by the handle xdemonox. Letter X like X-Men, D-E-M-I-N-O-X. Now enjoy the rest of your podcast. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, the area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. Uh, again, we are also live right now on YouTube. So not only are we on Blog Talk Radio, we're on YouTube. So you can watch us there. You can leave us comments in the YouTube chat. You can leave us comments in the Blog Talk Radio chat. Uh, you can call in and leave your comments. And again, if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always leave your comments in the chat over on YouTube or at liberaldan.com or at Twitter or on Twitter or on Facebook at liberaldan radio and Twitter, facebook.com slash liberaldan as well. Um, of course, if you go to patreon.liberaldan.com, you could support the podcast. Uh, big shout out to uh, Devin Ox, who uh, just, uh, I think he released a new, a new episode of his podcast this past week. Uh, you can check him out. He's the first Liberal Band Radio Patreon. Shout out to Cesar, uh, our second Liberal Band Radio Patreon. And to Chris. Chris is the third Liberal Band Radio Patreon. Big shout outs to you. You're the you're the, the big man on top right now. You're the topmost uh, contributor to the podcast as well. So I got my third. Third one's a charm. And hoping for much more to support the show. You want to see me do more stuff. Uh, commit more time to doing this, uh, and I would love to have your help. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, Chris, for, for for supporting the show. Chris is part of our Voltron chat. Uh, when we did form Voltron uh, a few months ago to talk about the Wall Street debt topics, the the, the about short selling and GME and the squeeze and now AMC squeeze. Uh, all the different ways that the chicanery that are going on the part of Wall Street. Uh, he was one of the ones who joined in on that show as well. So, uh, and again, also big shout-outs to my little brother, the host of Most Invis Yosh with the Percy Podcast. He finally got around to making a new episode of his podcast as well. Uh, so go check that out, the Percy Podcast, uh, over on anchor.fm. Uh, you can listen to the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast. And not only do you have that, I made two podcasts over the weekend. I made the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. I made an episode of that where I got finally got into the whole thing of talking about uh, you know things that I don't like, like perp walks and uh, what's the other two? Uh, the uh, victim statements or victim you know or the family statements at trials or at sentencing. I talked about those things finally, and I talked about a little bit of conservative hypocrisy when it comes to whether or not they like when media talks badly or makes cops look bad or not, uh, and how it relates to the January 6th insurrection. So if you want to listen to that, go check that out on the Anchor Network as well, on Liberal Dan Radio on Anchor or anchor.liberaldan.com. Also, I made a nerdydan.com podcast for my nerdy listeners if you like Nerd culture, pop culture, gaming, 
video games, board games, uh, wrestling, professional wrestling. I made a, I made a podcast about uh, making predictions about the most recent WWE pay-per-view. Pat myself on the shoulder. Or pat myself on the back. Five and two were my predictions. I predict five of the seven matches correctly. So there you go. I have also potential big things coming soon with that as well. We're not going to spoil that yet. We're we're going to let that we're going to let that marinate a little bit. We're not spoiling that too much. Let's see. Uh, bringing the boy. Now you're on YouTube. Your show will grow. Having a YouTube way of thinking fits the agenda on YouTube. I've had a YouTube channel for a while, and I only have 106 uh, subscribers. Uh, so. So I, I, I'm trying to grow that as well. I just put out another YouTube video on my channel about whether or not we should be doing distance learning or not. Basically, a lot of the stuff that I talked about last week, um, I condensed it into a shorter video and put it out there. So there's that as well. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're trying to get the, get the reach as far as possible. I'm not quite sure what else I need to do, except for the fact that if I, I, could, I could advertise my podcast, I considered actually advertising my podcast on the show that I feature on this week's Words of Redneck Wisdom. It may still happen. I don't know. I don't know if it makes sense to pay to have money to spend money on the show. I, I might get more listeners. It might be a large influx of people who agree with bringing a boy, which is fine. I, I, I don't need to live in an echo chamber. Chamber. I can, you know, debate people on the facts all day long. As Captain America says, I, I could do this all day. Uh, but anyway, speaking of which, usually, for, it's been a while since I've had this, but I wanted to bring it back. And we're going to bring it back for the YouTube channel. It's now this week's Words of Redneck Wisdom. And now, Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. He was also bashing John Bell, Ding Dong, Edwards Obama, <laughs> brainwashing people, saying um, he was a cons- pro-life Democrat. He's not pro-life. If he was pro-life, he would have ordered Planned Parenthood to be shut down when he ordered the churches to be shut down. You, you know don't about John me. Bell, Edwards Obama reelected? Hundred dollars, Walmart gift cards, and Popeyes fried chicken. <laughs> Well, I continue to question whether he really got elected. And this concludes Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. That's the only drawback of, of having, the, uh, having this on YouTube, is, is that when I go from mute to unmute, you hear the beep. So the people on YouTube get to hear the beep, and I don't get to. And whereas I don't think you get to hear it on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, bringing your boy did bring up an excellent point, though. It's great to see you live now. I know now I know if you're making your arm going up and down in a strumming motion with the comments I made. Well, I mean, I was doing the the whole conducting thing for the Mozart, you know, whatever. Um, however, I, I do like the fact that now. I'm a very handsy talker, and so I'm, and I would talk about myself often, and I would say like, "Hey, I'm a handsy talker," um, you know, if, when I was just on Blog Talk Radio, and I would do this with my hands, and you wouldn't be able to see it on Blog Talk Radio. Why? Because I'm just on a radio. I'm just on a, a voice-only podcast. So now that I'm doing this on YouTube, potentially for good, we'll we'll. we'll see how this goes, see how the settings go, see if I have to put too much work trying to get this to work right. Um, but if it works, then I will be able to do this. And then when I do make a handsy type of emotion, uh, it will make sense for the people who are watching on YouTube. So, and then we'll see. Do we get more people watching on YouTube? Do we get more people watching on Blog Talk Radio? Because the nice, I don't think I'll stop doing it on Blog Talk Radio because YouTube doesn't have a nice little soundboard where I can have my preloaded sounds like Blog Talk Radio does. So it's kind of the best of both worlds, I should say. Um, so, yeah. So what else were we going to talk about? We were going to go for the uh, um, labor shortage. There's Plague, Inc. Uh, what was the other thing that was going to get talked about? It was those two things at the bottom of headlines. And I, the fact, well, I think I closed that. Did I close that? 
Yeah. <laughs> I closed it, so now I don't even have it on my thing. Good job, Dan. Good job trying to keep your show prep up and running. Um, so we had, what was it? The, uh, oh my God, I can't. Bringing a boy, remind me, remind me what I was talking about at the end of, were you listening at the end of headlines? Um, I was talking about uh, the Olympics, and I was talking about something else. I don't know. We could always just start talking about, um, it'll come back to my head, I suppose. Uh, we could start talking about what's going on. I'll, I'll intro the, the what caused me to want to talk about uh, COVID. Uh, is COVID contributing uh, to the labor shortage or not? Um, I don't know. Do, you know, some people say it is. Some people say it isn't. Um, in fact, I had a friend of mine, or Demodox's girlfriend, uh, went ahead and put it on Facebook and shared a link suggesting that, obviously, that COVID was causing or contributing to the labor shortage going on in our, in our society today uh, because you lost 600,000 people. If you lose 600,000 people, by that logic, you're going to lose the people who would normally fill these spots. So, and it, it makes sense, hypothetically, you know, there might be some issues with, with what was said. There might be some things that, that she might have left out or some things that she might have overlooked in that. Uh, but, but, her, but her post got yanked as being fake news. It was, she, they didn't like that she posted that. So there's that. Um, meanwhile, they'll, they'll pull down, they won't pull down other things that are clearly much more drastic, uh, like people sharing misinformation about the vaccines and about the, about the, uh, the virus in and of itself and how, you know, was it, what's the new claim now that 9,000 people have died because of the COVID vaccine that's completely ludicrous and, and completely lacking in facts? It, I, I don't even know where they come up. I think that, I think they, they're potentially using the amount of deaths that took place after of, of people who took the vaccine, but not, but not because of the vaccine, because they have a problem with causation and correlation. They might say, oh, did 9,000 people who took the vaccine died, but that doesn't mean that 9,000 people who took the vaccine died from taking the vaccine. It's just both are true. They're not related necessarily. Um, let's see, unemployment when unemployment then what they were paid when working. Uh, well, one of the things I've probably said this before on the show, but I'll say it again. When Donald Trump and made the deal, I guess, with the Democrats about coming up with pandemic unemployment assistance, that was passed under Trump. Back then, I said it was a bad idea, not because. It was bad to give the people who are unemployed more money. I think they should have done it differently. I think I think there were better ways to do it because there are also people who are complaining that they were getting hazard pay for working when they were having to work in a dangerous environment. So I was like, look, instead of giving people $300 a week only if you're unemployed, give everybody who is of working age $300 a week, and that's going to be a stipend or whatever. And it'll be used kind of like a universal basic income type thing, but don't have it count as income. So if you're unemployed, you get your unemployment, and you also get the 300 bucks. But if you are employed, you get your payroll, and you also get 300 bucks. So 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 you have your hazard pay if you are working, and and you and you're in, and you have to be out in the middle of the mess. Or, but if, if you can't find a job because there's no, there's not a lot of jobs because businesses had to shut down because of the best, I think that would have been a better thing to do instead of, you know, trying to pump a lot of money into, you know, EDL, PPP loans, et cetera. Because the PPP loans are going to get forgiven. And look, I'm happy that I got PPP loans because, well, I was going to get PPP loans because I was an independent contractor when the, when the, when the pandemic started, so I was able to support my own business that way. So it's good for me, but I don't necessarily think of things in how they affect only me. I think about things and how they affect everybody else. And it might have been a better way to go about things to just say, okay, everybody's going to get a 
three hundred dollar uh, check per week to be able to cover themselves if they lost their job. Then it's added to their unemployment to, to keep them afloat. If they are working still because but they have to be in the middle of people, then guess what? It's hazard pay. And if for some reason you manage to be working from home and are and are able to keep your job and not in a hazard environment. Oh well, that's money that goes to help try and bolster the economy, keep the economy up uh, while while things are shut down. So all in all, that would have been a ways uh, that would have been ways to uh, to make it better. And then you then if you if you would have done it that way, you would not be able to make the argument later on in the day of well these people don't want to go back to work because they have this pandemic unemployment. Furthermore, the problem with it is that. Your unemployment is, let's, let's say unemployment goes from $1 paid to $253 paid. I think that's the way it goes in Louisiana. I think it's from $1 to $253. I don't know why it's $253, but it's $1 from $2. I think that's the correct number, is $253. Um, so as long as you got the $1 of unemployment, you get the additional $300. So you get $301. If you get $1, you get $301. So what happens? So I... So let's say I find some work. And okay, I find $100 worth of work. Well, I think 50 is wiped off or whatever. They don't count the first 50. So 50 is wiped out. So I have a $50 that now goes against. So instead of getting 253, I'm getting 203. Plus my work, plus my 100 bucks, plus 300 bucks. Let's say I make $250 in a week doing labor while on pandemic unemployment. So I get three bucks, regular unemployment, 300 bucks, of the pandemic unemployment, and then whatever I got, you know, whatever, I, and the 250 bucks, or the I guess the 300 bucks that I got paid because they don't count the first 50. But if I made 304 dollars, or maybe 303 dollars, I now no longer qualify for unemployment because I no longer qualify for unemployment. I no longer qualify for the pandemic unemployment assistance. Therefore, making three dollars makes me lose 300. Why? That's stupid. That's absolutely stupid. Um, oh, wait. I suppose you could be correct. I have not really given it much thought, so I cannot dispute what you were saying, what is what bringing a boy says in the chat. I'll take that. <laughs> I suppose you can be right. It's high praise coming from bringing a boy. <laughs> so, um, so there's that. Um, but... But if you would have just given the 300 as a stipend instead of unemployment assistance, then somebody who somebody who got like maybe you got 500 bucks a week as your job, you would still get the 300 bucks. In fact, I think the 300 bucks a week is the solution, is the compromise that we can find between the people who think there should be $15 an hour minimum wage and or universal basic income, and the people who want to keep it or don't want any universal basic income. Who think it's untenable? Just three hundred dollars a week. That works out to about half of what you would need for fifteen dollars an hour. So you let the people pay the seven fifty an hour minimum wage. You get the other money in to make it a universal basic income. Don't let it count against unemployment, and you're going to be able to make it so that people have a little bit better say at the bargaining table, and they'll and they'll be maybe they'll be more likely to take the job. That pays them seven fifty an hour to help the small business person, but the big businesses who only pay seven fifty an hour for under for their uh, minimum for their entry level jobs are going to have to pay for it and cover the cost to have universal basic income because by allowing those big businesses to pay seven hundred fifty, we're subsidizing their billionaire profits. So um, there's that. So that, that, that's why I think. I think when I eventually do a show on universal basic income, I think that's where I'm landing. I haven't done all the math yet on, on what things would have to be, how many people would have to be paid, how much that would cost, how much you would have to adjust the tax code for by that. But I think it's doable. I think because you, if you scale it out, you know, if, if, you, look, if you're at, once you get to X amount of dollars, you know, you, you, it kind of slows it down. But there should never be a situation in uh, – Government spending, when it comes to government payments like Medicare, Medicaid, um, uh, food stamps, anything that, that the government has determined that it's going to give the individuals, 
in order to help them survive. Anything like that. You should never have a situation where earning $1 of income makes you lose more than a dollar of benefit because that disincentivizes you from going and earning that extra dollar of income. And it, it, it incentivizes you to game the system. But I'm not saying that I'll, I'm not going to make the argument that there are a lot of people that are gaming the system. I'm just saying you take that argument away if you make it so that it allows, so that it always allows you to earn more income. And I'm going to always, I mean, I, I don't know about you. There are some people who will be happily lazy and just sit on their butts and only take in uh, what? Oh, wait, Daily News also subscribed to me on YouTube. Awesome. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Um, so, yay. One more, one more, one more. So just, 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 we could do things smarter and I'll, and I'll be critical of my side if they don't support things that thing when they do things smarter. I was critical of my, I'm critical of both people, both sides recently. There was this, that's another thing I wanted to talk about on the podcast. And we'll talk about that briefly before we hit our next commercial break, which is the hypocrisy of immigration. The hypocrisy of immigration. Why does it matter where you cross on the border? Why does that matter? Why, what's the difference between somebody who is a political refugee, for example, or who's claiming to be a political refugee, so therefore they want asylum in the country? What is the difference if you cross the Rio Grande versus if you cross the Gulf of Mexico, other than the fact that you might have had to swim more? So you have Republicans, conservatives, who will up and down bash having an open border in Texas. No problem with a Cuban crossing the Gulf and putting their foot on one foot on dry soil and being able to say, okay, you're now legally in the country. And they'll be like, yay, you made it. But, but then there are Democrats who are like, well, don't come from Cuba. It's not safe. Don't come from Cuba. Well, then have a, no problem with crossing the Rio Grande into Texas or into California or Arizona or New Mexico. Why? You, you have, if you want to be consistent on immigration, you have to either support both or oppose both. You can't sit here and say and, and, and criticize the people for trying to come into America for wanting a better life if they cross it at the Mexico border, but then be okay with them if they cross in Florida from Cuba. It's hypocrisy. You can't oppose people coming from Cuba, but yet be okay with people coming from Mexico. It's hypocrisy. There's no one particular person I could point out and say, if I do find a particular person to point out with and say, look, you are that person might be next week's hypocrite of the week. Don't know. We'll see. But all I'm going to say is that there is that hypocrisy there, and I don't stand for hypocrisy. I will point out hypocrisy, be it on the right or on the left. Now let's go ahead and take our next commercial break. I haven't heard from uh, uh, Amber Rose Petrovich with the Just Money or Just Capital Minute in a few weeks, but we're just playing her oldie from a few weeks ago. Um, but anyway, this is uh, Liberal Dane Radio. Off from the left, that's right. host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will? <laughs> Catch you on the team. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? 
Yada is an FDIC insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot dot com. This is Amber Petrovich, a.k.a. Just Capital, talking investing and finance in the Just Capital Minute. FinRefined the brokerage Robinhood, a record $70 million for, among other things, lapses in customer service. This brings up an important issue. Which brokerage should you use and how do you choose one? There are several things to think about when you're choosing or switching to a brokerage. The first one is fractional share trading. Some brokerages that offer fractional or partial shares are Schwab, Robinhood, Fidelity, and Interactive Brokers. The second thing to consider is what the brokerage's interest rate is for trading on margin, i.e. borrowing from your broker. The higher your account balance, the lower interest rate you will typically pay to trade with margin. The average rate is about 5%. The third thing to consider is research. How much market information, including news, technical, and fundamental data, do you want? Do you want interactivity in your charts? Do you want a social experience? Then Webull may be the one for you. This has been the Just Capital Minute. Build wealth and fight the wealth gap. Which, drumroll, 
made me date more because I wasn't afraid of rejection, so I was more confident. The confidence eat, oozed on through. I don't know if ooze is the right word. It's, I guess dripping, dripping with confidence, I guess. And that made me be able to date more and throw some other people crazy because I wasn't as big as I am today back then, but I was still a big guy. And they were like, how is he dating her? I'm like, because I talk to people. <laughs> anyway, so there's that. So so stop worrying about what other people think about you and because they can't control if they're attracted to you or not. So and all and eventually somebody will, will will be attracted to you. Anyway, side note, little words of liberal Dan wisdom instead of words of redneck wisdom. Um, so anyway, so there's the USA Today article has been used uh, to maybe disprove the argument. Uh, that COVID-19 and the death toll is a cause of the labor shortage. And, and I think it's probably inaccurate to just say uh, the death toll. Uh, if, you, if you just say the death toll, then that's part of it. There are people who are also still sick with COVID. There are people who, this, this doesn't count the people who have lifelong conditions. Maybe those lifelong conditions that they got from COVID, even though they recovered, are making it so they can't go back to the job that they initially worked in. That's something else to consider. But we're not going to go into that. We, we don't have those numbers today. Um, but I mean, this article goes in and say, well, maybe it was the extended unemployment benefits keeping people at home. Maybe it was restrictive immigration policies uh, keeping people or, or people had to do caretaking responsibilities. So like you had to stay at home with your kids because your kids couldn't go to school. So be, and then as such, you couldn't take a job. Uh, but apparently, uh, Auntie Bernice on Twitter uh, on June 22nd tweeted, the people who died aren't here to work, so therefore it reduces the labor force. Um, let's see, if both COVID-19 and the economic shutdowns have disproportionately affected workers whose work requires physical inter- interaction, uh, but the numbers, show that, according to USA Today, the numbers show that deaths neither caused nor significantly contributed to the shortage. Um, but, but here's the issue that I have with this article. Um, first point is to know that a labor shortage isn't as simple as comparing available workers and available jobs. Uh, the claim alludes to this by referencing the role of wages. Um, according to data from the U.S. from BLS, the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, 3.5 million fewer people are in the workforce now than in February 2020. Well. Here's one thing, and my thing that I always pick on, what is the workforce? The workforce is an artificial metric. It is made up of people who are employed and people who are, quote, looking for work, end quote. If looking for work, at least according to at least one of the unemployment metrics, I want to say it's you three and maybe more of them, but looking for work means one thing, collecting unemployment. So if you're no longer collecting unemployment under that metric, guess what? You're no longer counted as looking for work, even though you may very well be looking for work. So the often the workforce, I think, is under, they don't really, they don't, it's undercounted because they don't count everybody together. I know there was, there was probably one time in my life when I ran out of unemployment. I ran out of unemployment benefits, and I was still looking for a job. I wouldn't have been counted as being in the workforce, even though I was, in fact, looking for a job. Uh, the marketplace reported that there are currently 1.4 workers per open position, while the rate is usually 2.8 per job opening. And isn't that some BS right there? This is what they're saying. It's like we have a labor shortage because we only have 1.4 workers per open position as opposed to 2.8. So roughly three, one and a half and three. Normally there are three people for every one open job that are, now there's only one and a half. So it's more than one. There's more than one person available for every open position, but normally there's three. Why is that considered a shortage? To me, that shouldn't be considered. If I have, if I need 10 widgets and there are 15 available, guess what? There's not, a, there's not a widget shortage. There's a widget surplus. Now, 
not all widgets might fit my with the widget needs that I have, obviously. So you might have to take into consideration the fact that some of these workers don't fit the exact exact positions that are looking to be filled. But average, you'd think with the amount of people that are out there, let's see, if 3.5 million million fewer people, fewer people in the workforce makes it so that that's a difference of 1.4 to 2.8. Do whatever math crunching you have to do there, but that means that there is a, a large amount of people who are, so that would mean that 3.5 fewer means they've got cut in half. So normally what, there would be 7 million uh, people. If, if I'm doing the math correctly, that would mean that there would be 7 million people looking for open jobs, looking of 21 million open jobs. You can't tell me that of that that it doesn't average out. That yeah, some of those people might not fit, but the other people will, and vice versa. You know, it, it, it's such a large enough of a figure that you should be able to find people in that large million. And look, if I'm wrong, leave a comment if, on YouTube. Leave a comment down in the comment section. Tell me if my math there was wrong. But it sounds right. So. But you're manipulating the idea of a shortage. If you're t- saying that only having 1.4 workers for every open position is somehow a shortage, that to me is, is a manipulation. Words have meaning. I've been told that I, I like to deal in semantics too much. Now, I, I am somebody who will say that there are times where people are overly pedantic. There is unneeded pedantry that goes on in many conversations. I don't think this is an example of unneeded pedantry. If you're using the word shortage, let's see, definition, economics, shortage, economics definition, shortage. What's the shortage is a situation where demand for a product or service exceeds the available supply. So that's that's investopedia.com. And that's what I've learned when I took my economics classes when I was at the college, didn't take it in high school, but in college, I took economics classes. And guess what? Exactly. You have 1.4 workers per open position. That means the supply is exceeding the demand, which means there's not a shortage. So calling this a shortage is absolutely bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. However, a shortage doesn't just imply a simple lack of workers with the, with the right skills, according to uh, Eric Groshen, a Cornell economist. It means that Available workers are not willing to accept the pay and benefits of available jobs, which, you know, that mean that means that they're artificially restricting their own supply because of the demand. But, but still, it doesn't. That, supply and demand means are where if it's kind of the reverse, I guess, in that case, where if, if they're unwilling to, to to sell you their labor at at that price. That means your, your, the amount that you're willing to pay is less than the equilibrium point, which means you should increase your pay and increase your benefits in order to make the people who want your jobs take your jobs. And if they're willing to stay home and not do it, then there's not a shortage of workers. There's just people being cheap. And I said this before in the podcast, and I'll say it again. You don't have the right to cheap labor. You don't, you know, oh, these businesses are going to go out of business. If you're paying wages that are too low, it's not their job to help you profit. You need to figure out the way how to make yourself profit because you're the business owner. If, if you're trying to get – and I, we talked about this on the show previously too, the fact that wage theft is a thing. There are businesses who rely on stealing the wages of their employees, so they agree to pay a particular – wage and then they renege on the agreement. But I'd like, if I stole a hundred bucks from my employer, if I walked into my, if I was in my boss's office, opened his wallet, took out a hundred bucks and shove it in and they caught me doing it on camera, they're going to fire me. They're going to arrest me. I'm going to jail, most likely. But if my boss goes, Oh, we're not paying you the amount of money. We're not going to pay him money, but we agreed to pay him. We were shorting him on that money. Guess what? They're not not paying overtime, 
properly because there's a lot of places that don't pay overtime properly, let me tell you. So those people don't get arrested. Those people don't are forced. You have to bring them to court and sue them civilly. It's a civil thing, not a criminal thing. But she goes, I'm not a big believer overall in labor shortages. When the price of a car goes up, we don't declare a car shortage. You always have to say the shortages at the wages that the employers are offering. And so that's a point that, that was made there. But the, but the fact that, they are, that other people are saying that, well, we had 1.4 versus 2.8 workers available uh, for every open job, you want 2.8. 2.8 is good. 2.8 is where you don't have longer have a shortage. No, you have three for every one. That is a surplus of available employees, of available labor that you can buy if the price is right. As reopenings have increased demand for workers, employers are finding that these workers aren't willing to work for wages or conditions they're offering. This could mean, for example, that a mom who can't work her job because she has to secure a rural affordable child care. There you go. Your child has to stay at home because the child can't go out to daycare because daycare can't be open because of the pandemic. Guess what? The, uh, that employer is going to have to pay a little more money. We had to deal with this option, too, one time where <clears throat> they cut my wife's hours at work one time. This is way before the pandemic. And my kid was going to preschool. She was working full time. And like, I think about half of her paycheck was going towards daycare. So then they cut her they cut her hours in half. Well what? Is now she going to, she's just gonna work just so she can pay daycare? No. So we had to pull them out of daycare and we had to find another meat. Turned out. Fortunately, my mother in law was close and she was willing to watch it. But like if the other the other the other option was gonna be, well, if, if we didn't have my mother in law, then cutting her pay to half time would have been like, Well, now I have to quit. But because she had to quit and because she would have had to fight to get unemployment, because, because had she quit, that was her choosing to quit. That's a problem. Act against the worker. Uh, let's see. This shortage could also relate to a lack of foreign workers, lack of workers with the right skills, or a career reassessment, which is also possibly true. Let's see, victims of COVID-19 make up a small portion of the workforce. Um, let's see, at the point of this, is 5, 596,740 people died of COVID as of July 12th. 75% were 65 age or older, and 57% were over 75 years of age or older. Let's just say 65 is the age of retirement, so that means that 75%, so it's 150,000 people who died of COVID who are under 65 years of age, um, which means... That, you know, but there are people in the economy who do work later. They're Walmart greeters. There are other people who do work higher than 65. But let's just say for, okay, that's fine. So COVID-19 deaths would only count for 7.3% of the 3.5 million. That number drops to 4.3% if we take a more reasonable, still conservative approach, assuming that 20% of the people between 65 and 75 or 74 are still working in line with an AARP survey. Um, and the actual number may be lower because of your illnesses and disabilities increase the person's risk of dying for COVID. And some of those people may have already been unemployed. That's not necessarily true. I mean, there are people who probably could have had, you know, illnesses who are working through those illnesses or, you know, debilitating conditions like, you know, if diabetes or whatever, the people with diabetes might still be working because it might be well managed until they caught COVID. Um, but they say people with underlying conditions are less likely to participate in the labor force. But this article does not give those numbers. So it's hard to rely on those numbers because they don't give those numbers. Uh, so what they're saying is so what they say in this fact check, and this is the fact check that was used to get my friend's post mapped off of Facebook, uh, was that it's missing context. Well, yeah, sure, missing context. And even your article is missing context. But it's but it's ridiculous to say that you have a shortage of workers when there's more than one worker available per open job and that you expect normally to have 2.8. That's not a shortage. Anyway, let's do it. Good point. The government is shifting people from other countries that are crossing. 
No, the, the point. No, that's not the point that was being made. The point that was being made in the article was was that restrictive immigration policies were 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 causing places to not be able to hire. So what they're saying is that these part of the shortage, part of the amount of shortages that they're claiming are for like undocumented workers that these businesses expect to be able to employ because despite the fact that we have a situation, you know, where we have a minimum wage that we're supposed to be paying everybody, these like, these people will hire undocumented workers because they know they can get away with not paying them less than the prevailing minimum wage. But because the pandemic has stopped some people from being able to come in and because Trump stopped people from coming in, um, uh, those, those places that are trying to run their businesses by paying illegal wages are struggling because they can't find anybody to take that wage because that wage is even lower than the wages of the places that are paying minimum wage. So, so there's a chunk of laborers who, if they were able to be here, would be filling those shortages that would never go to American work laborers because the, the, they can't pay American laborers that because the wages are illegal to be paid to anybody, let alone American laborers. So I, I, that, I guess that's a counter to your point, bringing a boy. So anyway, so, so that, that was my issue with that topic. Uh, what do you like? What do you do? You agree with me? Do you disagree with me? Leave a comment in the comment section on YouTube. So, uh, and I'll get to that. Maybe I'll make another video dealing with those comments as well. Be more than happy to respond to you and everything like that. If you watch this late and you disagree with anything that I said here, leave a comment. I'll be more than happy to, to respond to you and to maybe to even discuss it on the next podcast, on the next episode of Liberal Band Radio. Talk about talk left. That's right. Bringing up the the border is wide open, no restrictions. Have the real American have the real real Americans don't get. It's not open. There's a myth that Democrats and you know liberals are are somehow going to keep the border wide open. Yeah, we 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 have no issue with people coming in and declaring asylum, and we're not going to you know, file international law by preventing people from declaring asylum as they're supposed to be able to. But Barack Obama, when he was president, La Raza called him the deporter in chief. He had a net negative immigration level at the border. For the amount of people that came in, he kicked out more. So the idea that the Democrats are somehow going to be creating this bastion of all these people swarming on the border. It's just a conservative myth. And the other thing is this, is that the conservatives are the ones that don't really – don't tell me that Donald Trump, while he was railing all about the people crossing the border, you know, Mexico sending us our worst, their worst people, their murderers and rapists, what he said, don't tell me that he didn't hire people at Mar-a-Lago who were undocumented laborers. I'm sure many of the Trump facilities have laborers who are undocumented. I'm sure many conservative business owners have workers at their companies that are undocumented. And maybe there are also liberal business owners who, while fighting for a livable wage, also hypocritically hire people who are undocumented so they can pay a lower wage and get away with it. And if that is shown to happen, again, I'll criticize them too, because it should be illegal. That that's been my argument from for a long time on how to deal with. You think there's too much immigration coming in because these people are quote, taking our jobs? Well, go after the businesses that are paying the illegal wage. If they, those wages go up, then in our country already are going to take those jobs because now that they're legal wages. And the, the supply of jobs is going to dry up, so there's not going to be any attempt, attempt to cross the border. But no, places are going to continue to hire people and pay them illegal wages, so those jobs are available, and the people are going to come across to come get them. So if you're going to, if you're going to bash the people crossing the border, I think you should bash the people who are paying the illegal wages, who are paying subpar poverty wages. 
filled with the talking notes back of 615, oh, the talking points of what was that. He did say that Mexico was sending rapists and murderers. Uh, I could probably play it on, on the YouTube portion if I really, if I could find the clip. But no, I mean, yeah, he said that. Mexico is sending us rapists and murderers, some of whom are good people. He likes to get away with statements by saying some of whom are good people. Because like he said, some of the people who are marching on, alongside the Nazi protests in Charlottesville were also, some of them were also good people too. And you know how I feel about that. Nobody marching alongside Nazis. People just screaming, uh, the Jews shall not replace us. And blood and blood and blood and soil, I think, is what they say. One of their Nazi slogans as well. You don't march next to them, and they get to be called a good person. Period. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and end this week's episode of Liberal Day and Radio Talk from the Left. That's right. Uh, tune in each and every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central. BlogTalkRadio.com plus Liberal Day, and now YouTube.com slash Liberal Day and Radio. Uh, you can always follow me at facebook.com slash liberaldan, at liberaldan radio on Twitter, uh, liberaldan radio on TikTok as well. And finally, if you want to support the show, want to buy commercial advertising on the show, or just, you know, support it monetarily, get a shout out every week as much as I can, go to patreon.liberaldan.com and you can support the show there that way. So next week, this is David with Liberaldan Radio. That's right. Thank you.